Hey friend, just a quick note for you before you get into this episode. Since I released this season last year, I have since changed around some of the domains on my site, and now the links that I mention in the original episodes no longer work. So before, if I mentioned a link like filmmakerfreedom.com slash one, that link is now filmfreedomshow.com slash one, and it's the same throughout this entire season. So sorry for the inconvenience with that, and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Hey friend, welcome back to the Filmmaker Freedom Podcast and to episode two. Now, if you missed the first episode, I highly recommend going back and listening to it real quick. Not only do I share pretty much everything that we're going to cover during this entire season of the show, but I also laid the foundation that you're going to need to have in order to get the most out of each subsequent episode. And that foundation was really about defining filmmaking success for yourself instead of letting society and culture define it for you. And that's really important because when you control your definition of success you give yourself the best possible chance of living a good life. So again, if you missed that first episode and you you haven't really thought about what your own definition of success is, just go back and do that real quick. I will be here waiting. All set? Good. So let's move forward, assuming you've got a pretty good idea of what you want to accomplish with your filmmaking in the next few months, years, and even in the long term. And don't worry if it's not like crystal clear or if you think it might end up changing later on. That is all well and good for the time being. Just as long as you have a direction that you'd like to start moving, you're ready to move on and start taking action towards your goals. So with that in mind, today's show is all about my single favorite strategy for actually achieving your definition of success. And this is something that once you internalize it and start using it in your day-to-day life, it'll make just about anything possible, whether it's related to your filmmaking goals or anything else you're trying to achieve in your life for that matter. So without any further ado, the strategy is, drumroll please, small daily actions. And I know that doesn't sound very sexy, but stick with me here. Quite simply, when we take small but not insignificant actions consistently, and consistently is the key part there, those actions build up over time into bigger and better things. Think of it kind of like compound interest. You put a little bit of money in the bank each month over time, and slowly and surely that money begins to grow well beyond the principal. And the same is true with our actions, but the results are even more dramatic. For instance, if a screenwriter commits to writing just two polished pages a day, which honestly doesn't take any more than 30 minutes, they could write seven to eight feature scripts each year. And now imagine if they doubled or tripled their daily writing time, which is even totally doable for people with a full-time job. It's crazy, right? Here's another example. If an aspiring cinematographer commits 30 focus minutes a day to studying light and how to manipulate it, their lighting skills will improve dramatically over the course of a year. I'm sure you're getting the point here. It doesn't take much to make meaningful progress towards our filmmaking goals as long as we focus and take the right kinds of actions consistently. So that's what today's episode is all about, and I'm going to dive more into that philosophy in just a minute. However, before we dive into any of that, I want to tell you a little bit about Music Vine, the cool company sponsoring this first season of the Filmmaker Freedom podcast. 
So you have a lot of choices these days when it comes to finding music for your films and video projects. But Musicvine truly stands above the pack. Not only is it refreshingly straightforward to license music you'd actually want to use in your films, but it's also genuinely affordable, even for indie filmmakers on shoestring budgets. And the best part is, the music is all thoughtful, expressive, and genuine. It's sourced from indie artists all over the globe who put the same care and attention and soul into their music as you do into your films. That's why all of the music in this podcast comes straight from the Music Vine Library. So if you like what you hear in today's show, you can learn more about Music Vine and get an exclusive 10% discount on your first song when you visit filmmakerfreedom.com. All right, so let's dive in to the episode. Now, before we can really tackle this subject of small daily actions and how they can consistently move us towards success, we need to tackle the elephant in the room. So I've said this many times before, and I'll say it many times in the future, but I'll say it here today. Overnight success is bullshit. And if becoming an overnight success is part of your plan for succeeding as a filmmaker, then you, my friend, are really just setting yourself up for failure. And I'm sorry to be so blunt with that, but we need to be honest about these things so that people don't waste their time and spin their wheels. So I wish I could just leave it at that, but I think we need to dive into this just a little bit deeper. So this topic of overnight success is probably one of my biggest gripes with conventional like media and blog coverage of the film industry and the indie film industry in particular. So blogs and magazines and podcasts and whoever else covers and writes about and shares stories about filmmakers, they love success stories and especially ones that they can tout as stunning overnight success stories. So I bet you've seen and been inspired by some variation on these stories before and tell me if these sound familiar. Number one, some filmmaker just came out of nowhere and won Sundance and got a massive distribution deal for their first feature Holy smokes. Or what about this one? This 45-year-old insurance salesman from the Midwest just sold his first feature script to Hollywood and is now the world's most in-demand screenwriter. Wowzers. Or even this one that's happened a few times in the last few years. This 19-year-old Chilean kid just made a badass short film, and now Hollywood has optioned it into a feature. Neato, gang. So sorry for the sarcasm there, but these are all stories that just come around like once a year or so. It's like they're on some sort of loop. And each and every time they're touted as overnight successes, every single time, without fail. The truth of the matter is that every overnight success story that I have ever heard has been the end result of a long, arduous, and almost always unappreciated journey of some sort. So we just don't get to see the vast majority of that journey, the unglamorous bits, the repeated failures. We're privy to the ending of the story without being able to see the beginning or the middle. We see the last triumphant 5% without seeing the sucky, miserable 95% that came before. So here's what's usually left out of the overnight success stories that you hear about filmmakers. That indie filmmaker who hits it big at Sundance has almost certainly been making videos and short films for the last 15 years. 
honing his craft, building up a body of work impressive enough for an investor to actually take a shot on his first feature. And that 45-year-old insurance salesman turned screenwriter almost definitely has a bookshelf full of writing and storytelling books and certainly has a hard drive full of mediocre screenplays that will never see the light of day. He cut his teeth working on his craft and failing for years, and all on the nights and weekends, mind you, and that's all before he saw any success. And last but not least, that 19-year-old Chilean kid has probably been making original content on YouTube since he was 14, slowly and surely building up an audience so that when he released his short film, it was automatically going to get traction and reach a lot of people. So all of this is to say that yes, some people actually do achieve a level of success fairly suddenly, but it only comes after years or decades of honing their craft and being persistent with their goals. So please, if you take nothing else away from today's episode, just realize that overnight success just doesn't happen the way our culture likes to tell us it does. Instead, it works like this. So let's say your definition of success, the one you came up with after listening to the last episode, you did do that, right? Let's say your definition of success is a set of blueprints for a house. And it's your job, my friend, to build it with your bare hands. So you wouldn't just expect the house to materialize out of thin air, would you? I'm hoping not, because that would be an overnight success, and we're not playing that game. Instead, you'd focus on laying a strong foundation, and then you'd start building up the house, one brick at a time. So now let's imagine what this whole metaphorical house-building process would actually look like. For starters, you probably wouldn't be very good at laying bricks, at least at first. And you probably wouldn't even like it. I mean, who likes stacking bricks? And trust me, your house would suck when you were just starting out. It would look like a gross little patch of dirt with part of one wall built up, and maybe a few scattered bricks lying around. Not very impressive at all. Inevitably, some neighborhood kid would roll by on his little BMX bike, just like pointing and laughing at your terrible attempt at a house, and it wouldn't feel good. But you, my bricklaying friend, you wouldn't let the naysayers deter you. Because you've seen the blueprints for your house, and you know with 100% certainty that it's going to be a marvelous place to live. So you keep stacking your bricks, one at a time, day in and day out. Eventually, the house starts to take shape. The foundation and the frame are in place. You're laying new bricks more quickly, efficiently, and skillfully than you were at first. And better yet, you actually have momentum on your side now. You're making consistent, meaningful progress every single day. Needless to say, that mean little neighborhood kid is no longer pointing and laughing at you but instead complimenting you on your mad bricklaying skills. And at this point, something interesting starts to happen. You notice that you just love the process of laying bricks. You take joy in the work and pride in the work. And showing up every day to keep building is reward in and of itself. And sure, you're stoked for your new house to be done, but you're already in the back of your mind thinking about other more ambitious houses that you might build in the future. The process of building your house has opened your mind and pushed your abilities 
far beyond what you thought was possible when you were just starting out. It's actually turned you into a different person, someone who's capable of far more. And then soon enough, after many months or maybe even years of laying your individual bricks on top of one another, you've got yourself one hell of a house. But in the end, it doesn't even matter if you choose to live in it or not. This process has turned you into the kind of person who can build any house he wants. And this, my friends, is how success works, not just in filmmaking, but in every aspect of life. Those small, focused actions taken consistently over time lead to massive results. So that's really the foundation for what this season is all about. When you take small daily actions consistently, and you use those actions to move you towards a definition of success of your own making, something that's actually meaningful to you, you're in control of your life and the outcomes in your life. So... With that said, it's almost time to wrap up today's episode, but before we go, I want to leave you with a few really tangible and useful things that you can start incorporating in your day-to-day life as small daily practices that will help you succeed as a filmmaker, and really no matter which type of filmmaker you are. So here's four of my favorite ideas. Idea number one, actively building and nurturing your network. So no matter which path you take through the world of film, you can't do it alone. So focus on building sustainable long-term relationships with other filmmakers, creatives, business people, or anyone else who could potentially partner with in a symbiotic way. And more specifically, in terms of the daily action here, reach out to one new person or one existing contact in your network every single day. And that doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just shoot a quick email or a text messages to see what they're working on and if you can help. And just try to build up a sense that you're genuinely invested in the success of the people in your network. And a funny thing will happen. They will be equally as invested in your success. Idea number two, work to build a few important new skills. So not all skills are created equal and some have much higher returns on investment. So high value skills are the ones that make us more likely to get paid work or they make our films noticeably better. And depending on what your definition of success is, identify a few key skills that will have the maximum impact in getting you there. And then just start building those exact skills one at a time. Once you know the key skills you should be working on, develop systems and routines so that you can improve that skill by just 1% every single day. And 1% doesn't have to be anything more than five minutes. That's all it takes to get good at something relatively quickly. Idea number three, make a monthly microfilm. This one isn't so much a daily practice as it is a monthly practice that can be broken up into a smaller set of daily practices. So for a little bit of background, microfilms are shorts between the length of one and five minutes. If you lean towards the shorter end of that spectrum, you can easily write one in a week, plan it in a week, shoot it in a week, and edit it in a week, and then start over. And even if you take a month off, you can still churn out 11 of these things in a year, which will significantly expand your body of work, improve your skills, help you find your unique artistic voice, and maybe even build an audience if you're proactive about promoting your work. Idea number four, find your voice with non-filmmaking activities. So here's a fun fact. When you have a unique artistic voice, it's easier to stand out and get noticed in the world of film. 
This is becoming increasingly important and more difficult as more people start making films. Now, your voice is comprised of two distinct elements, the ideas at the center of your films and how you translate those ideas into the film language. And for me, at least, the ideas are the most important part of that equation. And great ideas come from actively immersing yourself in all sorts of things other than film. They come from other artistic mediums, from books, newspapers, plays, paintings, sculptures, music, whatever. And great ideas also come from truly experiencing life and getting outside of your comfort zone. They come from watching people, from having unpredictable conversations, and from listening more than you speak. So if you can build a daily practice around cultivating interesting ideas, whether that's through consuming content you find interesting or having new experiences, your filmmaking will flourish and be far more unique in the long run. So that's all I've got for this second episode of the Filmmaker Freedom Podcast. If you want more ideas for small daily actions that you can start taking right away to move you forward in your filmmaking career, go to filmmakerfreedom.com slash two. And that's the number two, not spelled out or anything. I have all of these ideas that I just shared and more written out for you and ready to go. And if you want even more than that, don't worry. We'll be covering a ton more ideas over the course of this entire season. And don't forget that this whole season is sponsored by Musicvine. In fact, when I started using the service, I noticed that the interface was really clean and really simple. So I asked Lewis Foster, one of the co-founders, why they decided to make it that way. One of the key things we've done is actually to focus on simplicity. There's a lot of other sites out there where the interface can be quite chaotic, where there's a, a lot of things going on. Whereas we've really tried to distill it down to what's most important for a filmmaker to find the, the right track. For, for example, when you search for a track, you'll get suggestions for relevant collections. Um, so it's all very intuitive and, and organic, but it's also very minimalist. Um, and that's, that's the way we, we plan to keep it as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you found any of the ideas in today's show useful or inspiring, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That's how small shows like this one can actually break into the charts and get seen by more people. And before I let you go, there's one question for next episode that I want you to start considering now, and it's this. Why do you want to be a filmmaker? That's it for today. I'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.